Welcome to Life in the Pit, a podcast about the lives and adventures of instrumentalists within the wonderful world of musical theater. And now, here is your host, David Lane. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode number 68. It is great to be with you once again. Uh, as always, this episode is sponsored by Fonz, and you'll hear more about them later on in the episode. Uh, today is a solo episode, and uh, before I get to it, just a little bit of uh, housekeeping on the previous episode, episode 67, which I did with Arnie Gross. There wasn't anything factually incorrect in the episode itself. However, when I originally posted to Instagram and Facebook, I mentioned in the caption that he was an incognito um, arranger for Merrily We Roll Roll Along, and uh, that was incorrect. That was a misinterpretation of something he said on my part, and I apologize for that. The captions are now correct, but if you saw that when it first came out, um, Arnie specifically wanted to say, you know, he... He doesn't want credit for something he didn't do. But if you didn't check that, out that episode already, definitely go uh, have a listen to episode 67 because there is plenty that he did do, and we did talk about that. And uh, I appreciate all of your feedback that that I've gotten uh, from that episode and also previous episodes. Today is a solo episode, and, and also just a little bit about the numbering. I decided to call this episode 68. I don't often number episodes that are just me. I usually, if I put an episode number on it, more often than not, it involves a guest. And I I started looking at other podcasts. There are other podcasts that have a similar thing where they have guests, some episodes, and other episodes where the host or co-host or whatever are by themselves. And every single episode is numbered. Well, at this point, being something like, I'm not even sure if it's it's in the 70s. <laughs> I think it's like 75. It might even be close to like 79. This may be close to episode 80 if we tallied up all the episodes numbered and unnumbered. Well, it would be very hard to go back and re-record and also to renumber all the episodes. That would actually be very confusing. But I decided, uh, just as a matter of consistency, uh, all the episodes will be numbered going forward unless it's a really short episode that's truly a bonus feature from a previous episode. All of that to say, this is episode number 68. Uh, I am by myself today, but I'm going to be talking about something that I'm actually looking forward to speaking about. On social media in various places, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I asked uh, a simple question, What are some things, and this was directed toward um, musicians who are 30 years old and older. So in other words, people who have probably at least a decade of professional experience, most likely. And the question is, what would you tell your younger self as he he or she is getting started that you've learned since then? What, What lessons have you learned the hard way? And uh, compiled a list of these, and I had to kind of amalgamate some of them together. But I came up with a, a list of 14. So the title of this episode is 14 Habits to Improve Your Music Career. So while the premise was, what would you tell your younger self? So the idea is, of course, if you are in high school or in college or you are a musician who's 
just getting started, this episode is definitely uh, tailor-made for you. But at the same time, if you've been at this for a while and you just need to kind of do a little health check of your music career, it, it is never too late to, to change some things and to, as I've heard other people say, course correct. You know, get yourself on the right path. So if you're a pit musician, this is, everything is applicable to you. But if you're a musician at all, uh, of any kind, then I think you're going to find all 14 uh, of these habits to be applicable to you as well. If not all 14, nearly all of the 14. So um, the very first one that I'm going to mention was actually the inspiration of this whole episode. And I'll elaborate in just a moment. But this first habit, don't cut corners on investing in your business. Save and buy the best quality gear that you can afford. Okay, so there's several things to unpack there. First of all, the word business. Are you thinking of what you do as a business? Because this is the number one thing you must do if you want to succeed as a professional musician. Yes, it's an art. Yes, it's a craft. But it's also a business. And if you're at some point thinking to yourself, why can't I get better gigs? Why is it such a struggle um, to, to get enough money so that I, I could do this full time? Well, let's just start with that. Are you treating it like a business? And are you studying business the way you do other aspects, such as uh, your scales and your arpeggios and um, your repertoire and music theory? You need to be studying business acumen and, and marketing. And let's just, let's just start with that. You, you are a business. Whether you were registered as one or not, take your name and just put incorporated or your name music and whether or not you take the official step to register or not, um, which that could be a whole other topic. I'm gonna, I want to go ahead and just say you need to think of yourself as a business. So... This is what I was thinking about the other day. I was working on main stage, programming it for an upcoming production of Into the Woods. And it's the second straight show that I've used main stage, which also I'm using a keyboard um, that I recently bought. And all of this, of course, is on a, a Mac computer. And I started thinking back to over 20 years ago when I graduated having gotten a master's degree in film music composition. And there was something that we were told for the two years I was in school, and that was if you want to take your business seriously as a film composer or any kind of musician who's going to be recording with digital audio, um, you need to have a Mac computer. And I had been a PC guy my whole whole life. Um, actually, uh, someone I know gets uh, uh, it's a pet peeve to call it a PC because it stands for personal computer, and that's any computer in your house. <laughs> I was a Windows guy. I had um, that that is all I had worked on. And rather than pay more money because Macintoshes were more expensive back then. 
rather than pay more money and learn how to deal with that computer, I was just determined I'm going to make do with what I have and make that work. And the route I went was a bit of a disaster. So never mind the fact that I was basically getting into this career at the wrong time. Technology was radically changing and it was it wasn't easy to make the right decision. So I was I bought a lot of hardware that didn't need a computer that was really out of date and way too expensive. I uh, I would say within a year or two after I bought it, most of it was out of date. But the worst purchase I made was what's called my DAW, and that's a digital audio workstation. This is basically um, what I'm recording this podcast into. It's It allows for multiple channels, allows for my voice, it allows a separate track for the guest. I have a track for the theme music um, and if, and uh, other, other audio uh, files that come in. And, uh, of course, I do this with film scores. I've got a track for each instrument, so that's what my DAW is. Well, the DAW that I bought for my Windows, uh, I guess it was 98 or, or whatever, the, whatever followed 98. I don't even remember anymore, maybe XP. Um, it was called eMagic Logic. So if this sounds at all familiar, at least the logic part, well, that's, that's what I use now. I've come full circle. I'm using Logic Pro X. It's owned by Apple. But before Apple bought it, it was owned by a German corporation called eMagic. And by the time I had had that for a year, they dropped their PC coverage completely and went only with Mac. So I couldn't upgrade... And I had this program that would crash. It wasn't meant for my machine. It, it had a really horrendous learning curve, at least I thought so at the time. Um, so guess what I did with it? I did nothing. From about 2001 till maybe 10 years later, maybe 2011, 2012, I just didn't use it. There was a brief period, maybe around 2010, that I got Pro Tools for a while, and it was okay. Um, eventually, I did get a Mac Mini, and I was able to use Pro Tools on that. But it, it wasn't until I came full circle and got Logic Pro X, which is designed for Apple, and was using it on an Apple computer, that I was finally doing something very similar to what I could have been doing f- since... 1999 since 2000 and that just got me to thinking are you investing in the right gear for you if you are a a woodwind player do you have what you need back in episode number 61 i talked with joe laroca and he talked about the current gig that he has that he's still doing right now and that he is uh, playing the the sax book for Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, if that national tour comes to your area, he he's in the pit. He's playing that. Well, he got that gig a few years ago. It was an opportunity to to play that book, but he had sold his saxophone years ago, and he tells that story. And when he was asked, do you have a saxophone, he just flat out said yes, and then went and bought one. <laughs> and um, 
so that's a little, maybe a little backwards, but the idea is if you want certain gigs, do you have the tools to do them? If you're wanting to be a music director or, and, or a keyboardist, do you have a sufficient computer? Do you have the sufficient software? Do you have uh, a keyboard instrument that will do everything you need, acting as a controller, playing with the right touch, uh, a mod wheel, a pitch wheel? Will it transpose? With this is not only do you, do you have the right gear, but do you know how to use it? Have you taken time with your notation programs, with your DAW, with... Um, there are a lot of other things that, especially your high-end music directors use, such as QLab. Um, you have to use Logic Pro X, um, coming up with click tracks. If you're thinking, well, I, I haven't needed these, well, you don't want to wait until you need to use them to learn how to use them, if at all possible. So in between, be trying to figure out how, how to do that. Uh, if you play multiple instruments, are you keeping them up? Are you playing them well? Are you maintaining them? Um, are you, you know, cleaning them, making sure all the valves, the keys work, um, make sure your strings are changed if you play a string instrument? Um, whatever that is, do you have the, the best you can afford? And by the way, that's the thing I, w I want you to lock in, the best you can afford. Because... I don't care what you get, you'll always be able to go online and find something that was a little bit more expensive. Um, there are keyboards out there that are six, seven thousand $7,000, and that's only the ones I've looked at. There may be ones that are more than that. Well, I don't need those to do everything I want to do. I can do everything I want to do with a keyboard that costs about $1,000, plus a decent computer with the software I need. So... You know, you want to look at your individual need. But the important thing I want to say is don't cut corners here. Uh, don't bargain your way into prolonging your growth. Habit number two is don't give up just because it's difficult. Keep working hard. And this is a very important one. And you, I don't care if, if you're a musician or what you choose to do for a living. Nothing worth doing is going to be easy all the time. You'll have some easy days, but you'll have some days where it's just hard. And, and as long as it's not hard every single day, every single week, which is actually a warning sign that, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't what you want to be doing. But if it's just hard a few days out of a week, that's normal. And besides being hard you're going to have the emotional hardship of you didn't get the show. You put your name out there, but they went with someone else. And that can happen multiple times. But if it's something you want to do, and if it's something you've worked towards and you think it's worth doing, keep at it. Keep practicing. Keep uh, developing your business. Keep marketing yourself. That All you need is that one gig to happen for you that where you do a good job and word of mouth gets you a second gig and then they start to multiply and before you know it you're on the next wave of your career where you are getting gigs and then you have to decide if you want to keep getting the same type of gigs or if you want to scale upward and get gigs that are that are a little bit more challenging 
a little bit harder to come by, but maybe pay a little better. And guess what? Well, you'll have to go through it again. You'll be that person trying to break through the door, and eventually you will, as long as you continue to, to show that you can do good work and keep putting yourself out there. So that was habit number two. Don't give up just because it's difficult. Keep working hard. Habit number three, your path can be unique to your skills. Diversify your skills and be open to new paths. So this one came from a, a listener, and this is very important. This is something that I've been wrestling with for a very long time. I, As I've mentioned multiple times, I studied film scoring, and I still get opportunities to do film scores. But it's not something that I feel like I want to put all of my energy into getting the best, most lucrative film scoring gigs that there are. But I have some skills that I've picked up from that. And I'm working on applying those to my teaching and also to another composing project that I'm working on. And it allows me... It allows me to get some work, and I'm working on continuously creating a more unique path for me. And this is something that's, that's, that's very important. If you are wanting to really stand out in today's music market, it's no longer enough to just be an extra good mainstream player. So, like, if you play all of the woodwinds, you know, that are typically done in a show, the clarinet, flute, bassoon, um, you know, saxophone, double reeds. Well, and, and let's say you do those really well. The problem is around the country, around the world, there are hundreds of people that are probably doing it just as well, if not better. But is there something that you can pick up? Like, can you also get really good at recorders? Can you get? Can you take up bagpipes? Um, can you take your multiple read experience and take it outside the theater and uh, do something kind of neat with it? Um, there's a band that uh, that I really like that I, I discovered at the Highland Games at Grandfather Mountain in North Carolina called Rath Keltair, and they're out of my old home of Jacksonville. And it's a it's a nice rock band, but there's one guy that all he does is play all kinds of things that are woodwinds. He plays penny whistles, recorders, uh, Gaelic pipes, and um, it's, it's a fun little Scottish-themed rock band. That's just an example. Um, what, what, are some, what are some paths that you can create for yourself that are unique? That doesn't mean you can't do traditional shows, but what can you do to stand out as someone that people want to go to because... Uh, you know, there may be a thousand people who can play read one book out of uh, Beauty and the Beast, but what are some things that they might come across and say, oh, I definitely want to go to that guy? Like, I'll just go ahead and say in the world of theater, if you can play a pedal steel guitar and read a score, um, you're, you're going you're gonna to be top of the list for a lot for a lot of gigs as they come up. Now, I shouldn't say a lot of gigs, there's not as many, but... Uh, the competition's not very high there. So three is your path can be unique to your skills. Diversify your skills and be open to new paths. 
Habit number four, be good or get good at what you do, but you don't have to do everything you're good at doing. <laughs> I, um, I wrote and rewrote that sentence several times, and I hope it's clear. So I'm going to say it one more time. <laughs> Habit number four, be good or get good at what you do, but you don't have to do everything you're good at doing. So in order to get a job as a musician, you need to be good at what it is you do. And as you study music, you may pick up a variety of skills. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this has been a big problem for me. <laughs> I can conduct. I'm not a great vocalist, but I can coach vocals and I can teach vocals in a show. I play piano as a accompanist. I play piano as a soloist. I'm happy to play for weddings. I've music directed and played for shows or done just one or the other. I've also stick conducted some shows. I've composed concert music. I've arranged music for weddings. I've done transcriptions. Um, I've done um, re recorded tracks. I've done film scores. And um, I also teach. I've done music directing at a church. And this list can just go on and on. I didn't, I didn't write a full list down, but needless to say, there's a lot. The problem is there's so much there that it has been a big problem in my professional life to give energy to an, enough things to really stand out and get as far along as I would like. Because one thing is always being cut short by the other. One of the things I didn't mention was I, I used to play French horn. And it was a hard decision, but I sold the French horn a few years ago when I had realized after like two or three years, I had only played it once a year. And I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't even getting it out to practice. And it was something that I could, I could get a little money for it and use it for something else. And also, I, I also sold it because... I wanted to get that option out of my life because as long as it was there, there was always that possibility that I could add it to all the things that I'm trying to do. And so this has been my 2022 personal goal. There are some things that I am looking to remove from my life that, and I'm going to know that I'm, I'm good at those things, but maybe I can find some of the skills that I'm removing and put them into a new path, going back to habit number three. But, um, but habit number four is saying there are going to be some things that you're good at that your job just doesn't require. And if it's important for you to use those skills, maybe you can find a way to keep them up. Um, one of the things that I, that I did also decide a while back was I am probably as good as I'm ever going to be on the piano as a soloist. There, there's all kinds of repertoire by uh, Chopin, Liszt, uh, and other composers, Rachmaninoff, that I'm not going to learn because I don't have the time that I'm willing to invest to learn it. And so I'm, I'm going to have this what if that I'm just going to have to accept, uh, that I maybe what if I had practiced more on the piano? Well, here's the thing. If you have multiple skills, 
if you put energy into the few skills that you can afford in order to advance your career, there's always going to be something that's a what if. What if I had developed this? If you're trying to use all of your skills, you are probably spread too thin to make an impact in any one area. So be good at what you do, but you don't have to do everything that you're good at. Number five, this actually came from Eric Branner, but he didn't say it on my podcast. I heard him say it on someone else's and uh, I really liked it. And, and um, the way I'm wording it is do one thing at a time or two things at most. So actually what he said was just one thing at a time. And it was his advice to new musicians. I believe that's where it came from. I think the, the host of this other podcast asked, what advice would you give musicians who are just getting started? And his advice was focus on growing just one thing at a time. So, so let's say that you want to be a performer. Let's say you want to play in the pit, but you also want to be a private instructor. It's very hard to grow both of those at the same time. You can do both, but you should put all of your energy into, do, into doing just one and grow that to the point of basically where it just kind of maintains itself, where you can automate where you are, cruise control in other words, and then put your energy on the other thing. Put your energy on project number two. When you see people who have been successful in multiple areas of the career, 99.9% of the time, if you ask them, they and they're honest, they would tell you it didn't all happen at the same time. They, they put a lot of energy into one leg of their career. And, and believe me, once you get something going, you can keep it at that same rate regardless. I am very seldom taking jobs as a music director for a community theater, high school theater level at the moment. But I've done so much and I've made such a reputation that hardly a week goes by that I don't get asked to do one that I have to say no. Or occasionally I get one that I have the time and it sounds really interesting and I'll, and I'll say yes. So if you, if you get something to that level, it just kind of takes care of itself. I, I can't remember the last time I put myself out there to music direct a show, and yet I do as many, if not more, than I want to do per year. Now, if I decided I wanted to take that up to a, a, another professional level, then I would have to work at that and, and put a lot of energy into it. If you are wanting to do multiple things, focus on one at a time. But I will say, if you're in a hurry, minim- make it a two-project maximum. Don't do any more than that. So if you've got like five things you want to do, put three of them off to the side and work on just two for now. And I would even recommend an uneven effort. Um, I study, I'm on Duolingo every day. I work on French and Spanish. I intentionally do only one lesson of French because it's brand new and I'm just trying to get into it. Spanish, I, I spend more time on because I'm further along and I want to get as fluent as I can be. And once I feel like I'm doing pretty well, then I will do very little of that and do more with French. 
Habit number six is something that you might have heard guest after guest say on previous podcasts, and that is, as a musician, fully commit yourself to becoming as strong of a performer in as many styles as you can. Getting good at sight reading, getting good at improvisation, and strong with the basics of theory before you become a full-time professional. And then the last part of this is after becoming a professional, do the work to maintain and refine in between gigs. That's a long one. So the the key word there is, uh, let me let me summarize it. The, the key words are get as good as you can on as many aspects of music as you can before you become a professional. So if you're a classical musician, take, study a little jazz, study a little rock, study some hip hop, um, it, you know, for keyboards, you know, a little bit of electronic music, learn how to do some loops, um, learn how to do some improvisation and do that while you're a student, do that while you haven't fully uh, started to get a lot of gigs, spend that time kind of, uh, you know, improving your craft, because what will happen once you are a professional, (laughs) your practice time will go down. Now, you still want to make time for it, because it's a very easy thing to do when you become a working musician to kind of just go from job to job and not spend time on your craft. But you will not be able to make the leaps as a working musician in your skill set that you make when you are just doing nothing but practicing for that. Um, but try to remember to get all the variety in. If there's something that you're not good at, well, that's something to spend more time with. Try to be become the musician that doesn't really have those weak weaknesses. Um, you know, I've known pianists and, and other musicians that are like, I just don't transpose. Um, I don't play by ear or I don't sight read. Well, all of those things that you say, I don't work, work on it. It might be something I'm still not as good at this as I am other things, but you can get to where it's not a complete weakness. And, um, this, this is also something when I was in school, uh, my teacher, my film music teacher, David McHugh, he said that one of the mistakes he sees a lot of aspiring film composers make is they they go to LA or wherever they're going and you know maybe they do a little bit of networking um, go to film film events you know and uh, workshops and things like that but they're not actually writing music and recording music they're not they're not improving their skills and sharpening their saw as uh, Stephen Covey likes to say and that should be this was according to him according to David McHugh, that needs to be your full-time job. If you don't have a job as a musician and you're trying to get one, you you need to make becoming a good musician your job. Habits number seven and eight come from former guest uh, Jim Brandt. You have to go way back on episode three for that. Uh, but he, he put these together and um, they go together, so I'm going to say them together. Number seven, constantly strive to put yourself in a position to perform with the best players you can find. Simply playing with them will teach you things that you can't find in the practice room or anywhere else. And this is a really good one. This is why um, the right gigs 
if 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 you're in a situation where gigs are just coming to you, then you need to be trying to get harder gigs because that's where you're going to find the players who really impress you when you're in the same room with, uh, as them. If you are in a room and you're like, I'm the best musician here, um, don't keep coming back to that room. Try, try to get to where you are in the position of a student and you are learning from players who have done this a few times and ones you can talk to, ones you can observe, and you'll learn so much just by observing how good musicians behave and prepare for rehearsals as well as performances. So that was number seven. And number eight, also from Jim Brandt, value what you do. Set a minimum wage that you are willing to accept for your playing and say no when what is offered is below. And explain why you're saying no. You will find that your schedule very quickly fills up with good paying gigs instead of being swamped with playing every night for next to nothing because you are convinced that those gigs are all, all this out there. This has been this has been something that I've been working on really just the past few years. Setting a minimum that you're willing to accept and and you and you ask for that. And if they say no, you say, um, well, best wishes, um, but I'm not willing to do it for that rate. And I've been on the receiving end, by the way. I've tried to get musicians for the pit, and every now and then I get one that says, um, that the the money that the theater is offering for this particular gig is below what they will accept, and I and I respect that. This is this is a good habit to get into, and what you may want to do as you're getting started, you may you, you may want to get some experience. But as you get some experience, give yourself a raise, and your raise is this is my minimum, and it may be different depending on the type of gig. And this was a PS that Jim Brandt put in there for seven and eight. You'll find that the best paying gigs are the ones where you'll be playing with the best players. All right, I'm going to take a short break. Here is a message from our sponsor. My name is Eric Branner. I'm the CEO and founder of Fonz.com. I'm also a third generation music teacher. We started Fonz because I desperately needed software to run my music school more efficiently and professionally. Fonz design is sleek, modern, and minimalist, but its focus is on maximizing your revenue, building your business, and facilitating trust with your students. In a recent survey, the average studio owner said using Fonz saved them 10 hours each month in admin tasks, and 88% of the teachers said using Fonz significantly improved their job satisfaction. Perhaps the coolest part about Fonz is the community of providers we're building and how we're working together to elevate the amazing work we get to do as independent music teachers. Sign up today for your free trial at Fonz.com. Book a demo with our team and see all the ways Fonz can help you earn more while creating a greater impact on your community. Thanks. You can find a link for your free trial in our show notes. All right, the last five items on this list, or sorry, I'm not counting, the last six items on this list um, are a little bit shorter, but they're no less important. Number nine, don't make excuses. It's too easy to find someone in your situation or worse who overcame it. This is this one might be tough to hear. Um, it, it definitely is for me. When you're not getting the gig, it's easy to say, "Well, he and sh- he or she they have a they have a rich mommy and daddy," or they, they have some kind of a situation 
where they're they have a higher privilege or you can you can, there's all kinds of things that you can get into but but the problem with that is if you bother to look you're going to find someone in various fields that has been very successful and then you find out their backstory um, like for example I know for a fact that um, one of the US senators that that I knew personally growing up lived in the woods in a car while they were in school they their, their family had no money but that person worked really hard was patient and uh, and was very successful if you are if if there are reasons you are listing why you are not succeeding that is something that you really need to address within yourself and get rid of those excuses you can say well okay th- this this is going to make it harder but it's not going to be a reason why I can't do it it's just a reason why I might have to take some detours um, I might have to save longer as far as money if I don't have that much already. Some of you will say, I, I didn't start lessons until I was in high school while so many others, you know, started when they were, you know, in five or six or seven years old. The excuses are out there. You have to say they don't matter. Everybody's situation is different. Um, there's there's not anything that says you have to make it to a certain stage of your life by a certain time. Everybody is on their own journey and say no to those excuses and don't let that be a barrier. Number 10, listen to what's going on around you. And uh, that's a a very (laughs) vague hint that came from uh, a listener, but I included it because it has multiple applications. If you're in rehearsal, it's very easy to just pay attention to what you're doing, what you're playing, uh, or a performance for that matter. But you'll be a much better musician if you pay attention to what others are doing around you and how you blend in. But also when it comes to listen, listen to what other people are saying. Because you might... (laughs) You might learn something about them, and you might learn something that will help you as a, not only a musician, but as a person. Number 11, finances. Stay up on tax obligations. Start saving for retirement as early as possible. Go back to episode 65 if you missed it. I talked to uh, um, Samantha Absher all about this. She is a financial coach, and we talked all about the very basic things you need to do. But when it comes to things like saving for emergencies, saving for retirement, working to get out of debt, um, the right time to do it is today. So whether you're, you know, you're listening to this and you're 17 or you're 47 or or 67, (laughs) don't, don't say, oh, well, I wish I'd done it earlier. Just start doing it now. Take care of your very basics, and of course, you know, if you're making enough money, there are taxes, um, possibly self-employment taxes if if you are self-employed, which most pit musicians are, you know, and and I'm just going to go ahead and say, I am just, I really highly recommend, this comes back to, uh, you know, you don't have to do everything you're, you're good at, and I should also add, you don't have to learn everything you don't know. Um, or get better at, at the things that you're not very good at. 
Um, I almost included this as a habit, but spending your money for time has been shown to be a good investment in your mental health. If finances are not truly your thing, like you don't have just this bubbling passion for it, or you're not doing it for part of your job or whatever, finding a CPA is worth its weight in gold. Um, I did my own taxes in 2021, and um, I thought if I ever tried it again, I would that would send me to the ER. I got a, a CPA this year, paid a little bit more than I paid for the the uh, HR, HR and Block software that I did the previous year. And never stressed at all. It was just so wonderful <laughs> to get through this tax season knowing everything was taken care of by someone who knew the law, knew what they were doing, was able to get me the most deductions. So, but the thing is, is that you have to take the front end work and make sure that you're addressing that and make sure you're listening to your CPA. Um, for example, I was told how much to pay quarterly on April 18th, and I did. Um, there have been some years where I've heard that advice and not done it, and uh, surprise, big tax bill come, you know, the following April. So definitely uh, take care of your finances. All right, number 12, network unceasingly. Build relationships. Don't be afraid to ask people for opportunities. Uh, that last one actually came from, you know, I know I asked for uh, people who were 30 years old and up to give their experience, but um, someone who was 17 that's a listener offered that up, and and she said, you know, it, it's been, you know, she hasn't been at this for very long, but she's found that she's gotten a lot of work, even at age 17, just by asking for it. So, yeah, don't be shy, Be but build relationships. This is one thing I will say about networking. Don't go, don't network just for the job uh, because that really puts people off. You want to make you want to network to build relationships and just know that 90 something percent of them will never be anything other than that. They, they won't lead you to a job. But sometimes that relationship you make might get you work with someone else might be a reason. Um, you don't. You, you never know what the outcome of these things are, and it's not a good idea to base your networking on simply the results. But just trust the the process, build relationships. You may come up with some people who are only your friends and nothing else, but you may also come up with some business partners. But you know what will happen if you don't network? Nothing. You people are not going to come to you unless you first come to them. Number 13, this is the shortest habit I can offer. Do the work. And it's I've, I've kind of said it with some other things, like when it came to finances, I talked about do the work. There are so many books, so many podcasts that you can partake and learn what it is that you need to do to become a successful professional musician. And a lot of people are reading those but not a lot of people are doing the work. So do the work you need to improve your craft. Do the work you need to be marketing yourself. Do the work you need to do to be networking. Do the work to prepare your upcoming show so that it is as good as you can 
it can be. And then do the work to find your next show and do the work to build your business. Putting out content, if that is your thing. So uh, it's, it's just a real simple thing, but it's just a reminder. Do the work. And you'll be so much further along than, uh, than people who are not doing the work. They may know a lot, but they're not doing the work. All right, my 14th and final habit. Be gentle with yourself and others. Don't second-guess yourself and be kind to others. Don't forget to have fun. So that was three sentences that came from three different listeners. And I thought they all said the same thing. Um, be kind to those who are around you because they're, they're working on themselves just as you are working on yourself. And don't forget, don't forget to have fun. Sometimes the process of preparing for a performance or whatever you do, um, it, especially if you have a deadline, you're, you're working hard, uh, it really does seem like work. This is something that always confuses hobbyist musicians when they talk to professional musicians. They're like, you must just have fun all the time. <laughs> well, if you want to find people who don't have fun with music, go, go find some professional musicians. Uh, not all of them. I think the ones who actually do really well take time to enjoy this marvelous thing they get to do. They get to be paid for making music. And this is exactly what, you know, your outside layman who maybe doesn't even play music or plays very little, this is exactly what they think it should be. Wow, you get to you get to make music and get paid for it. But there's that long in-between state when we're trying to make it to that level where we just forget to have fun and enjoy ourselves. So be kind to others and be kind to yourself. Is there something I've forgotten? If, if so, feel free to send me a, a direct message or to comment on any of the posts that uh, on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, uh, or contact me through my website and just let me know what are some things that I should have included. And, uh, and I'll be sure to mention those in some form or another, um, either on a post or in a future episode. As a reminder, if you want to follow what's coming up next, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Life in the Pit Pod. You can follow me on Instagram at David Lane Music or Twitter and Facebook at David M. Lane Music. And as always, a special thank you to Mark Parolo for his cover art and to Bill Cisna for providing the introduction to this podcast. The theme music is composed and performed by David Lane. You can find out more about the podcast, leave feedback, or leave a donation at lifeinthepitpod.com. Please rate and review on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts, and please share with your friends. Thank you for listening.